You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Retro Detroit Nerdfighters Podcast. My name is Ian the Well-Informed, and I'm here with Phil the... I forget now. <laughs> the Phil-a-Badger. Yeah. And yes, uh, I don't know how they did it, but I imagine right now the Detroit Lions are now mathematically eliminated from the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying we can't put two and two together? <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith in these Lions <laughs> and their coach or their quarterback. Or any of their players, or maybe all, maybe some of the ushers at Ford Field are kind of all right, but um, I start watching at game six, so basically, oh, they're done by then. <laughs> I'm just, I have very little vested interest right now. Is it? Um, I don't even know if um, what's it called? The fantasy league is oh you know, um all their register <laughs> you can't register anymore well yeah the nfl st- started on thursday with uh lions versus the packers oh okay or not i'm um, bears versus the packers i'm sorry bears versus packers and packers yes. won they have sole possession of first place right now <laughs> that's great <laughs> but no um um. So you have no uh, vested interest in lions. I Never don't know. until October. Um, um. This wasn't on our list, <laughs> so I don't have a good transition into it. <laughs> maybe, maybe our special guest does. Um. And what's your name? Special. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg, and Hi, Greg. I am like my my. Uh, Best friend of the longest time, and a long-suffering Lions fan. So he was a Cubs fan back in the eighties and nineties, and now I'm a Lions fan since nineteen fifty-six. So you watch the games, and you just you're going to be disappointed, and it's okay because you saw something resembling football, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of the deal now. Yeah, you know, like just it, it, I enjoy football as a sport. So I'm fine watching the hometown team lose because I got to see some football. At, at and you least. got to see some uh, some uh, quality football from the other team. Well, you know, the funny thing about the Lions is is that when it's not clutch, they can pull off these amazing plays. <laughs> and they have these just, you know, Hall of Famers. There are people from the Lions in the Hall of Fame. They haven't won a freaking postseason game in forever. But you got Hall of Famers in there. Why? Because, you know, they occasionally get someone who's really good and they're really fun to watch. You just know that they're not going anywhere. So you just – you be content. It's like, you know, uh, you, you know, just you get there. You had a good time. And it's cool because then your postseason is free. <laughs> <laughs> it's good just to settle down and just – it's the magic of lowered expectations. It's the magic of lowered expectations, yes. 
But no, um, uh, I wanted to talk to about you hey, to you, Phil. About um, as you know, this is our two year anniversary of this show. <laughs> Has it been two years already? Almost. It's, well, it's roughly. It's um, um, one year and three hundred and sixty three days. So oh. why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. <laughs> no, I, um, I just, um, what have you, I with this show liked so far? Um, I I like some of the weird weird tangents we come up with in here. <laughs> I, uh, like you, you know, I I might have an idea when I walk in where things are going to go. When the times it doesn't go anywhere close to that, when we walk out. We know we've done something in this world. Good, bad, I don't know. That's for our listeners to decide. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, I'm, oh. But it keeps me coming back. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I personally like our stories. I like how we try to inform others about the um, wrongdoings of big business. I... Not political, but um, <laughs> but for the most There's part, plenty of bad to like, discuss without going going political. I, uh, I mean the things that, I mean one of our favorite companies we love are EA, Activision, um, and now Two K, and now Two K because um, they are getting no money from me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're not going to play the uh, the slot machines that they put into NBA 2K, right? I, this is the first time I've heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wrote it on the sheet, but it's the first time I've heard this. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, you know, if you're going to lean, you know, if you're going to have surprise mechanics in your game, you kind of got to lean in, I think, at this point. <laughs> I mean... I'd rather play Cuphead because it's <laughs> it's a gamble if you'll win, but you won't have to pay more for it. <laughs> I just surprise mechanics. <laughs> Is there a more dystopian and ominous euphemism for gambling that has yet to be coined? Um, um, Robbie Blind. Um, no, no, just surprise mechanics. It's this it's a feature, right? Like we've put surprise mechanics that people enjoy. They like getting surprises. Why do you hate the market, Ian? And it's just it's just <laughs> I, I like the old style surprise mechanics where, you know, you, when you're running the levels in Mega Man two and you're running around shooting the enemies, oh, maybe this one will this guy drop a one up? Will he drop an energy capsule? Those are the kind of surprise mechanics I like. That yeah, I mean it's it is ridiculous on its face. It is this beautiful co-opting of a term that everyone can't object to. Yeah, I like mechanics that are random. It, yeah, drops. Surprises are fun. Yeah, cool. Randomness <laughs> gives replayability to a game. But to somehow condense all of these monetization schemes into <sighs> and pretend like they are enemies dropping – coins or whatever, even going back to Mario, is the exact same thing as a literal slot machine that you put real money into for skins. Um, 
I'm I kind of coined the. I'm trying to coin the definition on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> uh, that surprise mechanics are basically mechanics that come to your house, coming to fix your sump pump after it's broke, <laughs> and charging you anywhere between a hundred to three thousand dollars. Now, was your sub pump broke before they before they showed up? Or does that is, is that not ex- is that not relevant to the definition? This is. This is just an example. Ah, okay. So I would not <laughs> it could I, I, th- I would be. I, Yeah, cuz I think I think if your sump pump wasn't broken, that that's really a good surprise. <laughs> and by it, good surprise, I mean a bad one. I think it's more like your landlord decided to cut power and then is making you pay for the plumber to come and fix your sump pump. <laughs> because this is stuff that they took out or implicitly put in the game. Right. This they've built the entire meta around the game for this and now all of a sudden they've put it back in and better, more eloquent people than me have explained this. I will defer to the collected works of Jim Sterling at all about the design decisions, but to act like the only surprise is how successful these have been at making money, which Shouldn't be to surprise anybody who understands how gambling works. You know, uh, you have to be incredibly impressive to lose money at a casino. And now they don't even have to give you any money back. They have to run a server, which costs electricity. And maybe they have to pay for a support team and a community manager and all that stuff. But they're paying for that anyway. When you release a game, you're paying for that. So this is just all pure gravy by pushing on, you know – uh, platform errors, if you will, in the human brain. There are just cognitive holes in the human brain that even if you're aware of them, the tricks still work on, and this is one of them. It's that dopamine addiction, that excitement of getting something, and it's intentionally just just the worst. And you can you can toss aside all of that and then look at the damage it does to the play of the game where the gameplay is intentionally slowed down to try and get you to get the money. Like it's not just that it's incredibly shady to include these to begin with. It's also that they're intentionally damaging the experience of play. Cuz you can get these skins and, you know, without paying any money, you just you're in for quite a grind though if you do. Yeah, I mean, it, the, people joked about the Battlefield one, right? Where someone calculated that it would take you like 400 days to get one skin when Battlefield 2 uh, Star Wars first came out. And uh, yeah, it's all available free, star, comma, with enough effort, comma, with enough time, comma. We've actually, you know, you just have to grind and grind and grind and grind and grind, which. But this is a way to show off your pride and accomplishments, though. Yeah. Except for my accomplishment is I decided to spend $400 just rolling the slot machine or I was a luck sack and used the free currency I got and got a rare skin. Like, again, you compare it to like Warframe, which has microtransactions. Let's let's be real. My, Warframe is funded by microtransactions. But that's it. It's funded. There's no cost to play. Most of the stuff you can eventually grind and it will be a grind. But when you buy something, you don't put money into a slot machine until you hope you get the, the, the gachapon popping out the pod you want. You just go, I want that. That costs this. Is that worth it to me? 
and from what I've from what I've heard though as well, I haven't actually play, sat down to try Warframe, um, but from what mm. I've heard, you know, it's it's considered to be relatively fair. Yeah, no, the my experience I played for about six months was uh, equivalent to my experience playing more recently World of Tanks. Yeah, you can tell who's paid money or who's put those thousands of hours in. Mm-hmm. But I was still able to contribute. I was still able to run missions. I was still able to progress on my own. Yeah, progression's a little slow, but the core gameplay was fun enough. Like it's a, it's a, it's a. For those who don't play, it is what do they call them? Uh, a uh, what is it when it's waves of enemies and you as a team? Horde mode. Horde mode. It, it's most missions are horde mode. It's with other players. It has matchmaking, so uh, there's very limited PvP. And so, yeah, if you can't contribute as much as someone else, it's not that big a deal. In you'll get there. Like it, I, I, I didn't put a huge amount of time with it. I still had five or six Warframes out of the thirty or so at the time that I played, and I could have gotten the others. I just, I wanted to read a book. Like <laughs> you, you wanted to move on. Yeah, you were ready to move on. Yeah, and, and occasionally I go back, I pick it up, I play it. You know, I maybe I'll drop a package in of like ten dollars and be like, "Yeah, this is a really fun game." If I would have bought a new game, it would have been sixty dollars. I'll drop twenty dollars every now and again in a free to play game, just as sort of a like a, "Hey, thank you for giving me this thing I've spent a bunch of time on," and this thing that gave joy to my life. Yeah, like this was a fun game. I don't regret my time playing it. Which, you know, there are and very that, few games. <laughs> Yeah, and that that touches on another insidious aspect of these uh, microtransactions, where they use the money that you paid to kind of hook you to hook you in to spend more money, aka the sunk cost fallacy. Oh yeah, you've got all this cool stuff. How can you possibly abandon your account? You'll be nobody in anyone else's game. But you're a person here. We love you. <laughs> Stay with us and your friends. You know, Sorry, maybe. I'm. I'll just go back to Cuphead, where I'm nobody to <laughs> nobody, and that'll never change. I mean, the, the biggest part, I mean, the worst part about this, like the NBA 2K, the um, Battlefield 2, and things like and games like that, is that you're gearing it towards people who are three and up three and 18 basically and um there's these youtube channels that promote this stuff and once they turn 21 22 23 they'll suddenly realize oh this is the same as gambling or it's inherently worse so there has to be some type of method to tell these people on YouTube that you're into gambling without um, – there has to be an example. There has to be a way that they can see that, oh, this is gambling because they don't have anything to compare to. <laughs> you're very generous, Ian. I suspect – shooting from the hip as a dark, dark, cynical bastard. Quite a few of these people know exactly what they're in, you know, and they just think it's either okay or as we found recently, as those FTC lawsuits showed a while back, oh, no, they were paid. I mean, that's a part of it. And then there are people who get into this because, oh, they'll build on their channel because – 
the money is there. <laughs> well, the game is popular, right? Like, so yes. Fortnite, for example, if you stream Fortnite and you're reasonably charismatic, you can easily build up a couple thousand people watching your stream because the the people who play Fortnite are like I'm an NFL fan. I'm a football fan. I will just watch football. I don't care who's playing as long as it's a good game. There are the Fortnite fans are lifestylers. They'll watch Fortnite. I can't play Fortnite, but I'm commuting on a bus or I'm riding in a car. So I'll watch someone else play Fortnite because I enjoy the experience of of the game being played. Hmm. And so it's easy to get large audiences, but Again, this is where I think you do find the people who are like, they just don't realize. There are a lot of people who don't realize and that's the kids. That's the people from four to ten who don't understand. Well, even even the 18 or 19-year-olds who are streaming, right, they'll – if you have a large – if you have a small enough audience that you're not a major influencer, you're not going to get anything from the company. So it's 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 fair play, right? Like if you get the tokens, if you do the season pass, if you do – is it battle pass I think in Fortnite? Mm-hmm. You're legitimately going through and opening boxes and that's fine. But then you have all the kids who watch them and be like, oh, man, they got that thing. I can have that thing too. I just need to spin the wheel enough. And then, you know, as anybody who is – I'm – the young kids, OK, they're going to be dumb. It's those those tweens and teenagers who – have that first uh, experience with life when you know you can't, you've calculated and you've found out you cannot do it the thing you want to do. You just do not have the time. And they have access to credit cards and they go, I really want this thing. My self-identity is tied to it. And I don't have the hours. I am not getting to the end of this season pass because I'm going on vacation or I've got this project. And that's where uh, it's only $10. Or it's only $15 or it's only X dollars. I'll drop that and then I won't do that again. But once you've popped that bubble, it's The second re- time is easier. Oh, so easy. It gets easier every time. And it's just <laughs> money, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's not a huge amount of money. And then the next thing you know, for the wrong type of person, you're dollars $1,600, down the road going, oh, I have a problem. And then there's these and that, people, and those oh. numbers sound hyperbolic, based on some of the stories <laughs> we've heard. We know they're not. Um, and there's the, some people who um, don't even look; they don't even know that it's gambling and that they're spending that amount of money. <laughs> That's the thing: is they, that they do the best job they can. They, I mean, the companies that are publishing the software and collecting the money from this, do their best to hide from you how much you've spent because the the, the numbers uh, that were cited are from people in Europe who have made uh, the GRPD R requests and uh, they basically couldn't get that information any other way until a law was passed that said you have to give me all the information you have about me and that's when they found their history their purchase history and that's where one person in particular, I think it was FIFA 2012 or 2015 or something, and he's just like, I spent how much? How did I spend that much money? And it's because he had a job and he wasn't spending beyond his means. And it was real easy to just keep charging, right? Like <laughs> it's it's one of those things like, um, you know, if you've ever looked at how much you spend on 
on um, alcoholic purchases if you've been to a bar and you're like, oh, man, I spent $90 last night. It's okay. I don't do that every night. Well, there are people who are professionals who do that three, four, five nights a week and until you start adding it up on your credit card statement and you start realizing how much money you're spending and, and then you have a choice. Informed consent, right? Like if you want to spend $1,200 a year on microtransactions as a functioning adult and it's not ruining your life, that's, that's – entirely. I, mean, I wouldn't do it but you do you. Yeah. The trick is, is that they intentionally design these things to get you to spend money and not realizing you're spending money. And they want you, just like the smoking companies, just like the cigarette companies, they want to start them at three, four, five. So it's okay. It's just a thing I do so that you're accustomed to it so that when you get older and you have your first job and you're, you're, you're trying to get that first paycheck so you can buy your battle pass, so you can buy the first things and you can just spend that money. Mm-hmm. Or in sometimes in the case of, you know, like smoking, you know, or smoking, drinking, what have you, it's a thing grownups do. And, you know, when you're three, four, five, you know, you, you what you know, you can't wait to be just like the grownups. And when when you're old enough, you're like, oh, I'm I'm I want to be grown up. So, yeah, I'm going to do this as well. Oh, yeah. How many times do you see little kids, you know, I'm like, Mommy, I'm going to work. Yeah, that's that's cute. I'm like, Daddy, I'm getting a new skin. <laughs> not, yeah. not so cute anymore, as the that, parents that was, in the UK was, found out. Yeah, that, that was uh, what my son said a couple of, couple of weeks ago. Not, you know, I'm, I'm going to work. Daddy, you stay home. <laughs> Unless you're watching Cobra Kai, like, that's not the right statement to say. <laughs> But no, um, do we want to talk about bad business practice or bad people now? <laughs> I mean, the world is awash in both. So it's your <laughs> podcast. And as our host, I, I expect you to moderate and guide us through this journey. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to uh, just touch upon uh, a guy that we kind of have had a couple episodes on, a guy named Pro Jared. <laughs> oh yes, Pro Jared. He came he up a with a pretty pretty sleazy fellow from what we what we talked about. His defense was unique and interesting. It, his video said he they lied to you <laughs> or something like that. So I don't know these people. I mean, I've seen their work, right? So when I see these things, I try and come at it with an open mind, right? So I typically like to use Occam's actual razor. Occam's razor, everybody knows, is the simplest explanation is the correct one. It's usually the correct one. Yeah, usually the correct one. I think the variation I like is the one the explanation with the fewest number of assumptions is probably correct. Uh, I, I, I phrase it as the one with the fewest dependencies. That too, yeah. yes. Like it's not just – quote unquote, the simplest answer. It's the one where we have to assume the fewest things to be true. Mm-hmm. In math, it's based on a Markov chain. In project management, it's the fewest dependencies. All, right. Um, so I'm like, well, having played LARPs in the 90s, I've run conspiracies with 12 people before. I know how much work that is and how much of my brain power that took up. So someone with head trauma and having memory problems was running a conspiracy. So when I check against that, I'm like, that is not impossible. 
<clears throat> but is oh, who came up with that? I believe it's Dragon Ball Z abridged came up with making a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> are you talking? Are you talking about Goku? <laughs> oh, that line gets used. It's I think they just give it to Piccolo after a while. It's mostly Piccolo and Trunks who say it, but it's the idea that in order for this to be true, and um, you know, I looked at I looked at the transcript because I hate trying to draw the logic map for. Uh, video, I feel like that is one of the – when I see a video statement that doesn't have a transcript, I immediately get suspicious because with, with audiovisual medium – remember they talked about those brain holes in the human platform? They can do those things to you. They can use these rhetorical flourishes that are well-known and were codified in ancient Greece. They're just so well-known that get your brain to skip steps. You can infer things, but when you're reading something, you can really just get out the old pen and paper and write down argument one, statement one, statement two, statement three. Okay, now causal effect, and you can really dig into it. And that's when you start seeing uh, – that's when you really start seeing those gaps and really start seeing those rhetorical flourishes. And everyone uses them. You're taught how to use them as a kid even if you've never had re formal rhetorical training. So I don't blame anyone for using them. But if you're looking at a contentious situation uh, of, what do you call it, high stakes? I mean, this is pretty high stakes. Like this is somebody could, somebody could lose their job. Somebody could lose their career. You, you have to sort of sit down and, and take a step back and it's really hard. And it's the thing that judges do. Like good judges, this is what they're known for. And is what they try and teach lawyers to do is construct, constructing these arguments. And so my thing with Pro Jared is I looked at it and I went, oh, he's playing on my emotions. And I immediately turned off because I do that now. And at this point, I'm just like, that's a counterstatement. He said some things. He's asking me to accept some things. <sighs> I really just – I'm going to walk away and see where this goes because – it makes me – it's asking me to do a lot of assumptions. And I don't know if that's what you hit, but I basically hit that wall and uh, – hit that statement and bounced off of it so hard. I – I'll be honest. I did not watch the video. I I took um, six people's different opinions, all, mm -hmm. all in different areas. And the things that stood out, uh, one th – one of the things he said was the two people that were on the site that were younger than 18, um, his um, account was hacked <laughs> mm -hmm. for six months. <laughs> I mean, if it were me, <laughs> which I'll use Axum's Razor, it doesn't make sense to me. If my account were hacked on any of my social media, I would fix it within a week. <laughs> I, I that's yeah. I would find somebody who could help me to fix it within a week. It would not stay six months. <laughs> and it was not gently compromised. It wasn't oh someone was reading my DMs for six months, which you if someone that that happened to someone, you would give them benefit of the doubt. You'd be like, "Oh, yeah, they didn't the hackers didn't do anything with your account but just read your private information." That would be very hard to detect. But it's like they were only responding to these, only these two people not doing anything else for six months. You're like, okay, but let's take a step back. 
you have a guy who admitted to using his fan pool as his personal happy hunting grounds. Like, that's just sketch from a power disparity standpoint to begin with. Like, that's – even if everybody's of age, even if everything's everything, that's not illegal. That's not a problem. I still have issues with that. That's a that's a teacher. That's a that's a more that's a power discrepancy relationship. That is just, you know, it can work, but we expect you to be a little more careful, a little more discerning, and not just get on there and be like, "Who wants to send me nudes?" Because you know your fans will. Like, hey, what is it? Uh, the old um, Van Halen tour. It's like eighty four, eighty six, or whatever where the roadies talked about they'd get special VIP badges and they're like, whoever give these to groupies and whoever sends back the hottest groupie gets $500. Like that's what this reminds me of. This reminds me of using your fan base as as your, your, you know, personal pool. And it's like, that's not in contest. I mean, like that's not, that's not anything in dispute in this thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a problem with that just on the outset. I have the problem with the stuff you've admitted to. I'm not even going to go into the other stuff. Like, let's just start there. Like, bro, not cool. Yeah, but uh, his statements and his stuff, from what I know, from what I've seen, are not believable. And is there are going to be people who are going to um, – probably investigate on their own because they don't believe it? Absolutely. (laughs) What do you think? I mean... I didn't watch his apology video, explanation video. Um, After the... Like you said, um, Greg, um, just the stuff he's admitted to, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm I'm done. (laughs) I don't don't care what else you got to say. Exactly. And that's the easiest way to deal with this, I think, from a celebrity standpoint. We will never know the truth. Mm-hmm. We can make pretty good assumptions. The truth is not our business. But I'm done with you based on what you admitted to. We've got plenty of other folks, plenty of other ways to spend my time. So, so you know, if I see people going crazy on Twitter about this, I'm just going to be like, look, this is what he admitted to and that wasn't cool. And maybe you should find someone else to watch. It's not like there aren't dozens or hundreds of other talented people covering the same ground. If he, if what we find out is true on his part, that's fine. And that's fine I for even, him. But I, I'm in terms of um, the under eighteen people. It's not okay in terms of the potential polyamorous uh, relationship. I don't care. And I know people who have been in a polyamorous relationship. I don't care. (laughs) Consenting adults, right? It's consenting adults. And if he says that he um, is lying to his audience's face, that's fine. (laughs) Because his audience are basically... um, teenagers and up so i understand where he's coming from maybe he doesn't feel um he can talk about that or isn't comfortable about it but that's 
there that's are, fine. <laughs> there are still people going to the bat for Roman Polanski, and he was convicted. So, <laughs> just you can't make people do things. You can just make a decision for you, and then clearly communicate why to other people. And you know, bad people have fans. Um, we take uh, in this podcast. We take safety dance to heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's it's hard because of parasocial relationships. It makes you feel like you know these people. It makes you feel like even if they're the people you don't like, they make you feel like you're that that group in high school that you didn't like because you you're just. If you want, you can go hear them talk about what they had for breakfast. You probably know more about them, about what they like and 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 what they're into and what their personality is like than anybody but your closest friends for some of these streamers who stream four to six hours a day just because you're with them four to six hours a day. Like but you're with them in a very in a passive capacity. They're telling everything about them, but they don't know you. <laughs> and it's parasocial relationships are very, very potent. That's that's how you connect with your audience, right? Is like this guy is my my person that you know. Um, uh, not Garrison Keillor, man. I'm gonna show my age. Walter Cronkite is <laughs> one of the first examples of that parasocial relationship and him being able to use that power. He was your friend. He was the newscaster. He was he was maybe not your friend, but he was the source of truth and he was someone you could rely upon every night. So when there was a dispute with uh, – I think it was McCarthy where he started and he said – he started saying this is not cool in a much more elegant and time of period manner. People listened because he didn't know you but you knew him because he was in your house for an hour every day and you know that's that's where daily talk shows you know you get the the people who really like oprah and they know all of the stuff about oprah and they don't have to go because oprah was taping an hour-long show every day what 200 250 days a year and you feel like you know this person and they're your personal friend and especially with twitch and youtube uh and you can you can get a super chat or, or if chat's light, you can put something in there and Senpai will notice you and they'll give you a shout out and be like, yeah, thanks. That's that's what I was looking for. You looked it up. You were the one to look it up. And they're they're talking to a camera and they're talking to you much like an old newscaster. Only you're able to send them questions. You're able to interact. Well, this person's clearly my friend and uh, loading ready run crew. um, Kathleen DeVere and uh, Graham Chapman have talked about, um, especially uh, uh, Brendan Beach Deary have talked about people come up to him and they'll talk to him and they'll talk to him like they've been best friends forever. And he's like, I don't know you. <laughs> I mean, you sound cool. You like my stuff, but I don't know you. You're just... Yeah, you've watched every video I'm in 15 times and you followed my Twitter and you've watched my streams. Great. Thank you for being a fan, but we're not friends because I don't know you. It's not because you aren't a good person. And and this is what happens when you have these sorts of incidents is my friend is under attack. My friend would have never done anything like this. My someone's hurting my friend 
and then all sorts of self-identity and it just spirals into a hellhole and uh, no one wins. I mean, you can uh, you can look at the shenanigans down in Texas, both Alex Jones and uh, uh, R. Broly and uh, just see that just like it winds up in court and then whenever court is involved, no one wins but the lawyers. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. court can never can never prove that you're right. They only prove it only determines who's going to pay who money, according to the law. Yeah, like it's so. So this is and now now you have all the fans um, because there was a hearing yesterday involving uh, um, Vic, who is uh, the voice actor for uh, Broly in the latest uh, Dragon Ball Super dub, I believe. Vic Mignogna. <laughs> yeah, I can never pronounce his last name. He's uh, he was also in. He's been in like three or four hundred different roles, including Dragon Ball, including um, what is it, uh, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, and his fans were all like, "The judge will vindicate him," and the judge didn't. And now the fans are all, "Well, the justice system has failed us," and it's like, guys, this is not, <laughs> this is not how the justice system works. The justice system, you know, especially the civil justice system, just. The, the court cannot do certain things. The only thing the court can really do is tell people to stop doing something, tell people to do something they should be doing or move money or assets around. And so now they're disappointed because their friend, they feel the courts have failed their friend, this person that they spent a lot of time with. And it's – it just gets right down to the heart of that celebrity culture that is really cool. Like it's cool when it works and someone raises, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for a charity that's going to get kicked out of their home because, you know, the person they follow is like, hey, can everybody just give a dollar? And everyone does. And that's really cool. And I like that. But it's also uncool when you have fans threatening a judge because they didn't like their ruling. And it's like, guys. (laughs) The judge did their job. (laughs) yeah, based on what was put in front of the ju- judge. If <laughs> I mean, there are people I look up to. I'll <laughs> name one: John St. John. <laughs> um, he's now an ordained minister. So that's I mean, I mean, at this point, I've seen some of my heroes fall. One of them being like Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh yeah, that hurt. And so I'm used to seeing friends of mine um, um, do bad things. It's something we um, – um, it's that meme. It's like um, you either die a hero or you live long enough to be the uh, To see yourself villain. become a villain. Yes. Yeah, that's so. why – that's why precious cinnamon rolls like Danny DeVito or uh, Mr. Rogers that you, they go through most of their lives and everyone's like, no, they they were straight up exactly what they were on the tin are so rare and surprising, you know. Um, so, you know, how about the Nintendo Direct? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we um, – we have uh, – yes, I, I gotcha. Um, you – Phil wanted to talk a little bit about um, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Well, yeah, and this this goes back, I think, uh, to the previous Nintendo Direct. Um, 
um, Ori and the Blind Forest is coming to Switch, and apparently Microsoft is not going to allow any more Switch ports after that. That, mm, that. Ooh. You just said a joke <laughs> and didn't realize it. A no. Switch port. Yeah. No, I was mostly just like, I saw that and I heard that, and I'm like, wow, Microsoft, way to be a jerk. Yeah. You had a good thing going, Microsoft. Yeah, like I, you were going to get me to buy games again, mm-hmm. like the same game over again because it was on a more convenient platform, Murray. And now I'm like, well, now I just not don't want to buy any of your stuff. Come on, man. What you I, doing? I mean, you've got I mean, a, I don't really want to buy an Xbox just to play Ori and the Blind Forest. But if it's on a machine, I already have. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that again and finish it. I you mean, know, and if there's any other – any other indies that uh, could use a boost from going to the Switch, Microsoft, you know, do, do, do them a solid. Yeah, and like Banjo-Kazooie, I... <laughs> <laughs> now that everyone's like, what? Who are these guys? And Terry Bogard. <laughs> Dude, I I freaked. <laughs> I, as, as someone who uh, learned how to play fighting games on King of Fighters, I was, I uh, was super happy. I like playing that game on the Sega Genesis. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, King of Fighters or uh, Fatal Fury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just going up against guys like Duck King and <laughs> when the games were terrible, but she still played them. <laughs> Back before everything was so serious, it was just like, dude, we've got a roster of 20. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. The only thing I've got is um, KSI and Logan Paul. <laughs> um, am I going to watch words it? No. That I don't understand in sequence. It's so. cool. They're both registered as professionals now, so it'll be a proper UFC fight with no headgear or protections. And I wish them luck. Uh, and uh, that's that's it. That's a I'll, bad plan, but yeah. go for it. You do you. I'll have to talk to Brett Snyder from Undercart, so that's a thing. But um, Astral Chain. Astral Chain is one of the rare games that lives up to the hyperbole. Go get it. Yes. Woo. All right. Do we have anything else? I think I'm all out this week. All right. I <laughs> You know me, I could talk for five more hours, but I think you're good. I think you covered most of the important stuff. <laughs> uh, so, Greg, um, where can we find you? <laughs> oh, man. Um, my my internet presence is very limited. Uh, but if you like random tweets about how capitalism is killing us all and cosplay retweets, you can find me at uh, Farniel on the Twitters, the hell site. All right. Um, where can we find you? Uh, you can probably find me uh, trying to get to the end of Astral Chain because, again, that <laughs> game's amazing. Um, and Nintendo should just buy Platinum Games at some point. <laughs> and you can probably find me at Twitch somewhere or at um, my website, informed.com, informed with an A. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, of course, as always – Take careful consideration in damage control and DFTBA. (laughs) Thank you.